Well, I think, you know, people tend to focus in on too much of like one, one thing that's sort of throwing off the design, but really it's the vibe Reza that you're giving right now. And I'm digging it. So how big of a role this, this shirt is playing in, the, in this it, vibe? It's, it's pulling about 90% of the weight right now. Just so, say it then. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you holding back? The color doesn't even matter is what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> Those books, that bookshelf in the background. None of doesn't it even matter. No, it's okay. all about the yeah, shirt. I woke up this morning and kind of missed wearing this shirt specifically. It's kind of like a short sleeve that I used to wear during the summer. But now with this weather, you can only wear it inside. So because I can't wear it outside anymore for the next probably nine months in Canada, I just gave it a go. Bummer, man. See, you know, we started off with a couple of microphones and you commented on how nice my camera looked. And now you're running laps around me (laughs) (laughs) and you're just teasing me. Right. As I'm sitting there on the sidelines watching you increase your like quality of video every week. And I'm, well, I'm just... like decreasing right now. Like <laughs> I'm actually going backwards. <laughs> there is there is no measurement happening here, but I just started learning from the past. You being one of them and a few others, a couple of my colleagues actually, they started sending me these videos and you were giving me all these instructions on the camera choice. And I had a couple of calls this week, actually. And everyone, like a couple of people made a comment. on like, do you have like a studio there? <laughs> is that your <laughs> podcasting setup? I'm like, it is, but it's also like just a normal setup yeah. right now. It looks a lot more complicated than it is. I love it. See, I actually need to, I'm still in progress here. This is all going to like beautify, <laughs> get beautified much more quickly. But yeah, I'm in the middle of like redoing my desk. So I'm actually kind of like thinking about the stuff in front of me, which you can't see right now. And then I'll get to the stuff behind me. But then you have an extra addition to to the setup now. The headset is new that I hadn't seen before. Well, it's How much difference that's making? It's serving two purposes, Reza. One, I'm just testing out like the idea of wearing headphones and hopefully it doesn't get like too hot under here. But B, it's also keeping my hair in place. And it's much more manageable and I don't have to worry about that's your post. Hair. That's your COVID hair, right? You used this to have is... like a pre-COVID hair that I don't like. I know how I remember this because Twitter. But... Yeah, my Twitter profile is definitely a pre-COVID picture. <laughs> I've not updated that. And I make sure people know that in my my name of Twitter. That. Yeah. So multi-purpose for the headset. Absolutely. It's funny um, because we have this thing. Because we like, I guess previously when we first started talking, we used to communicate a lot more during the week. But now I know like this, this podcast is coming up. I'm like, I'm going to keep everything and discuss it with Nate when we, when we talk on Thursday. Do you like, I don't know. Like, it's interesting. Like, I feel that I want to have such an appointment with a lot of my other friends to like a weekly one that like, we're going to just catch up for like half an hour on certain things recorded or not. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like it's, I've got my Rome research database of, of things that I would normally talk to you about, and I'm just withholding. <laughs> and then we can kind of go through the list here. And <laughs> I, 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 list kinda, yeah, it's great. You know, I love, I love, I love this. I miss talking to you during the week as much, though. I'll say that. But what but, I what I think is interesting though is we're both in the on deck writer you know fellowship, and we're sort of taking different paths through it, you know, based on like who we're talking to. And it's a little unstructured in that way, which I think is interesting because we're, we're diverging a little bit, right? Now it's pick your, you know, pick your poison from the course and we'll see where we end up, but this allows us to reconnect. Exactly. And I was also like thinking about this, that everyone is kind of choosing the path that they want to, because it's, it's the, there is not much of a focus to the program. And I think that's actually a good thing that you can, I mean, that's, that was the promise of, of it initially too. It, so you can pick and choose. There's a lot, lot on offer. Don't get overwhelmed and just pick and choose what suits you. And I think I try to remind myself of that, that this is the case. I mean, there's both of us have full-time jobs and we still mm-hmm. kind of find time to attend events or meet people. But yeah, I'm trying to like kind of customize it in a way that that's serving me, serving me best without feeling like I'm missing out on, on anything. And part of that is doing things that I think can only be done in the moment and just 
delaying other things. Like for example, for the events, they're recorded. You can watch them later. So I try to not spend as much time on those unless there is, there is a talk that I really want to want to attend. Yeah. I think I missed one this week, live event, at least I caught the other two, the one this morning, which I thought was incredible with Polina Marinova and you know, I, I don't know what you took away from that, but for me, um, watching her write for the last, I haven't, I've only kind of gotten to know her through her writing in the past three or four months, but knowing mm-hmm. that she's been doing it for so long and kind of an incredible story. But what, what every time I say the word resonated, like, I just think it's such a great <laughs> You like the word like, resonate? I, well, just because it has resa in it. You know? oh, I was going to say. <laughs> it's funny. Whenever someone it. says resonate, I, I kind of like turn my head. I'm like, did you, did you just call me? Like without, yeah. without saying it, obviously, because they finished what they were saying. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So did, did you attend any live sessions this week at all? I actually did not. Because, yeah, I think of the three, there were three in total, right? I think there were mm-hmm. two that I found relevant. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I just decided to watch the recording. It's just been a very, very busy week with same. work and other things. And I know you've been the same because I've noticed you had to, you couldn't attend a couple of our, couple of our meetings earlier, but uh, yeah, but I'm going to watch the recordings later. I think what's interesting about the second one, which was Alyssa Harris, who I don't know really anything about, but she did speak on poetry right. and I, I never, I didn't attend the the session, but I am planning on catching up. I think poetry is one of those, like I have like enormous struggles with poetry and just sort of like how to really read it and understand it fully. And I, I'm kind of looking forward to digging into that a little bit. So more for like consuming poetry as opposed to just creating it? Yeah, I definitely huh. don't want to write it. <laughs> I'm scared. I think you'll, like, I think you'll be I'm good at it. it. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling you're going you're gonna to do a good job. Good job of that. Maybe, you know, if it includes pretty pictures that I can draw around it. What, you published a piece last week. What, what kind of feedback did you get on it during the week? Was it any different to, to the other pieces? Yeah. Yeah, no, I... It's hard to gauge from like how well it did. I think my audience is small enough that it's, I, I see trends, but I don't really know exactly how well it's done. But I, the feedback I've gotten has been truly incredible because it has resonated with so many people. <laughs> I, I honestly, like I was told by the editor at On Deck, we had a one-on-one the other day and she mentioned that I should, I should maybe even think about like exploring that topic even more and think about like, where could I go with it? Who could I pitch it to? And, you know, just sort of embrace it because it's Mm -hmm. such a unique concept that she found interesting. And so I'm at least (laughs) the people I really respect are telling me that it was great. And it's a interesting topic that I should kind of like think about diving into a little bit more. So, yeah. That is so cool because last week we were talking about, oh, we're going to keep exploring different topics and then f- like at some point land on one that you want to expand on even more. I'm not saying this is going to be the one. It might yeah. be. But right. had you just kept on writing about a specific topic, I mean, it could have, there could have been a subtopic within that like niche that could have been the one. But I think this is the benefit of actually doing doing a bunch of different things that is not so specific and it could appeal to a larger group of people as well. Yeah. Or people absolutely. outside of your immediate audience as well. Yep. Yeah. So I, you know, I think that there's something there. I'm not sure if it's something I'm going to pursue immediately, but I kind of, I need to like let it sit in, in a way and just figure out like, what are some other angles, but so in you're the meantime, not... Sorry, well, no, I, I think I will. I just, it's not going to be my next piece is maybe what I'm saying. I was just going to say, you're not going to publish a book on it next week. <laughs> My teachable course Are you is not outlining soon. that that future book right now? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the Nate Marie or Nate. <laughs> the Nate Marie method. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just got this inspiration from nowhere. It's mine. <laughs> I'll be sued next week by uh, Marie Kondo. And it's it's so, so interesting because as a result of getting exposed to that idea through you. And 
I knew like I knew about the book. I hadn't read the book in full, but I knew the promise of it. And then I just I just brought up that topic in a in a few like small talks or conversations with with the people I I knew. It's interesting. That was kind of like a conversation started that got us that connected us. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was it was one that I could use for pretty much any conversation. Whereas like you might read a book that you might you could probably not apply to you know like a quick conversation with people but for example i was at the, at the cafe i was waiting for my coffee to be prepared by the barista and i started talking talking to her about about this whole concept like, like minimalism and tidying up and things like that i don't know how that came up but anyway you were talking about feedback and one of my biggest sort of takeaways from on deck this week was attending our there is an accountability or not the accountability the workshops the writing workshops Mm -hmm. and it, it was basically officially the first week that we were giving each other feedback and receiving feedback. And it was just such an, like for me, who had not experienced this before and you had before, this mm -hmm. was really, really amazing to just like get your writing critiqued by a few others who also write and know how difficult it is. It was just such an amazing feeling. Were you one of the people getting feedback on or were you giving feedback? Yeah, I was, I was getting feedback on a, on a piece. Wow. That must've been an experience. Yeah. It was just like, kind of like I had like got informal feedback mm -hmm. from other people, but not, not in that depth and yeah. with that kind of like level of expertise. I think that there's something here. So were you, how did you feel? Like, were you nervous or were you, how, I'm kind of curious, like how you, take feedback in general is it something that hits too close to home or like how do you feel when you when you receive it yeah i i, I don't think i was like i i was i was feeling anything negative to be honest that's good. and actually no i i feel people were just being too kind mm. i i i kind of wish that they were being more critical about certain areas i mean there were areas of uh, for improvement or comments for improvement but I kind of wish, and maybe there wasn't because it was it was a short piece, like five five hundred words that I share with them, yeah. as I do. No less than five, no more than five hundred. <laughs> but but there there are more longer pieces, longer form pieces coming. But yeah, I, I I felt like the comments were probably like more kind than I expected them to be. Sure. Yeah, that's a there's good question. There's two personality types sort of happening there. There's the one of giving feedback and you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. And there's mm -hmm. sort of like, I also don't maybe want to give the wrong feedback and there's some insecurity there. And then there's your side, which is, you know, you don't, you don't know how to take it sometimes. And you almost like, it's hard for you to express how to get feedback. And there's sort of this weird conflict of, of people who are giving versus receiving. And I, I maybe that's just like a, a normal behavior that people have, but I've found, especially with design and in art, like I remember being in art class and getting critiqued and it was te art teachers are actually a little bit callous about it. They're, you know, they try to force you to take the criticism and know that it's like, it's, this is not about your personality. You know, it's about the artwork and like, they're trying to like bucket it that way. And that's something I kind of learned early on. So I'm actually pretty decent with taking feedback, but it sounds like you were too, which is great, but a lot of people aren't. Interesting. Yeah, I think, I think like, especially here, here's another variable I'm going to introduce to the mix. It's the environment in which you're getting the feedback. Mm. So I felt in that group, like having met them the week before and knew who they are, what their background is. I wasn't dealing with a group of strangers. It was actually a group of people that we are inside the same community together. Mm -hmm. So I think that that variable helps helps a lot with feeling that you're in a safe space. And yeah. If if you want to, if there's anywhere you want to get feedback, this is it. Yeah, that's for me as a writer. I think that that's the transformation I had to go through was getting feedback in an environment like that where it is safe. Because to your point, like there's just 
that's everything, you know, everybody's working towards the same goal and everybody's looking for you to also give feedback on their pieces. So you're sort of that, you know, reciprocity element of the whole, Mm -hmm. of the whole room is, is important, but that transformed me as a writer that, that just having people look at your early drafts is challenging, but it like makes you, makes you such a, you know, a much better writer. And I mean, like, even the best writers get their work edited before publishing it, right? Yeah. And this is yeah. that's one form. Of, like there is there is a job, like there's a profession as yeah. an editor or this is different kind kinds of editor, line editors, developmental editors. So yeah, this is one form of it, right? Yep. And then I think it's interesting because when it comes to writing, what I find is that I you have to like dig really deep like inside like inside your head like when it comes to your feelings and then kind of push something out on the on the on the page or on the on a piece of paper and then when you get that crit, kind of crit, criticized by others it brings to surface some of the some of the ways you might be like communicating in a very like vague manner yeah and I find that like when people say writing gives you more clarity, that's also a part of it. Obviously, you take the time to go through a process of like self-discovery in a way, depending on what you're writing about. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of experiment or test what you're writing about or what you're reading and consuming and then translating into a written piece against your like assumptions and yeah. then get that like critique- critiqued by others. I think it's just such an interesting process. I think the way that, or the shape of a piece of writing, it changes over time throughout those sort of like hills and valleys that you're sort of describing right now. Like it's amazing to me how much my pieces have changed just based on feedback alone. And Mm -hmm. it, it, it makes you think a little bit differently about the stories that you're telling yourself and it makes you dig a little deeper. And I think it, makes you just get a little bit like your own like self-awareness and reflection of what you are feeling at times. Like it makes you more aware of those feelings, which is really, uh, really useful. Being a, get, getting better at written communication. What I found, it makes you better at verbal communication as well. Totally. Once you write something and then keep editing yourself, editing yourself. So like, I just, I just send my newsletter. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, Till the very last minute, I was trying to like make one sentence read as best as possible. So I went through like six iterations of saying it and like switching the, the first five words with the last five words yeah. for it to read best. I was reading it out loud. And then now I've done it. Next time I'm actually talking that sentence out loud. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it the way I've written it, which is, mm-hmm. which is interesting too. I was just having the same conversation today with, with another writer who's not in on deck, but he, he was also saying that, that same thing where you're just, you're able to sort of, because you're paying so much attention to your own words, when you write, you start to pay attention to your verbal words and just, you want to think through the, the thoughts and like this podcast, we have to kind of think about the things that we're going to talk about and be a little bit more clear about what we're saying. Just mm-hmm. otherwise it's completely boring and uninteresting if we have nothing to say about it. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's an incredible experience. Yeah. So what are we, what's next for you? Are you, you're in the middle of writing a piece right now. Are you thinking about your next one or like how close are you to finishing this one? I'm going to answer that question, but let me just clarify. Cause something I was thinking of starting this episode with, was the fact that, I mean, we have a list of topics you want to talk about, but we probably walk into this. Uh, like I, I walk into this not like prepared in any other way that I prepare for other things. Like yeah. I, for my actual, for my, not actual, for my other podcast that I'm, spoiler, I'm releasing in a couple of weeks. Now I'm now interviewing a, a few like really amazing guests that I'm excited to share with the world. Like for those, I do a lot of research. I write a bunch of questions and walking into the interview, I have like so much ready. Yeah. But then it's so refreshing that like, like this was coming up and I have a few vague ideas in my head. Probably I wrote them somewhere on, uh, on a piece of paper as well earlier mm-hmm. this week. But then it's just, it's quite refreshing to just like 
talk about them as, as and when they come up. So I wanted to clarify that we do have a bunch of topics we want to talk about on a Notion, Notion page between us, but it's also nice to just allow for spontaneity during the conversation. I think that's actually what people have, who have listened to this so far, have kind of complimented us on it, are just being able to, it's a, it's a little bit of a free flow conversation. And so, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like it's, I'm come, we, you know, we both today, today, especially we both just signed on and then hit record. So yeah. uh, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a gamble, but it's working so far. Yeah. I was having a few conversations this week with a few other people, I think mainly from on deck. And then we just ended up having such an amazing conversation. And then towards the end of it, I'm like, oh, I wish we had recorded this. And then one of my friends made a good point that like, yeah, like, Maybe next time we talk, we do it, but maybe we don't. And then that's just like, let, let it happen the way it should happen. Like, don't, don't try yeah. to control the situation. Like maybe like, maybe we'll do it at some point and it's, it's even better than this one. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> totally agree. Did you um, listen to any good podcast this week yourself? You know, no, I haven't listened to any podcasts. I've been trying to, so I'm reading Morgan Housel's The Psychology of Money, and I'm nice. on the last chapter. So I'm trying to clear through that book. It's it's really great. So I I got tuned into Morgan like earlier this year. So I haven't really read a ton of his past work, but the book itself is sort of a collection of essays from his, you know, that he's written before, and it's 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 brilliant because he talks a lot about what I'm interested in, in terms of money. It's not necessarily the, the tactical ways you should invest, but it's about our mindsets when we, we think about investing and saving money. And so it's really applicable to like just anybody who <laughs> touches money, I guess, you know, his, his writing is incredible. I just shared one of his pieces on sustainable competitive advantage. I think he's recently published that and so funny because when I go through articles, I highlight them and summarize them. Like for the ones that I want to share with the world specifically in Mm -hmm. my newsletter, I summarize them in my own words. And as I was going through this, this piece specifically, I found myself pretty much highlighting every single paragraph (laughs) (laughs) for like one reason or another. It was just either good writing. So I tend to kind of save examples of good writing. Mm-hmm. or just something that I wanted to remember that I end up highlighting. But one thing that I've noticed about his writing is he has such great stories for every example and he relates it all across like whether it's historical stories of, you know, just military and war or whether it's, you know, financial collapses. I think he's just able to draw from so much and it's so interesting and kind of like to your point, there's, it's so dense and each paragraph is sort of, they teach us in writing, but it's like, you want to be able to transition really well from paragraph to paragraph, but you also want like each section to sort of have its high and low point. And he just does that so easily that you can just read so quickly through his examples, but you don't want to like read too quickly because there's so much information in there. I don't know. It, Sounds like you could say that about anybody that you really like, but I think Morgan's because he's tackling topics like finance that are difficult, I think, in nature to communicate. He does it really effortlessly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he writes about business in general as well. If anyone wants to wants to check out his work, it's not just, it's not specifically finance, but it sounds yeah. like the book you're reading is more about like the the financial side of things. Yeah. Yep. And also I have probably well over 200 highlights from, from this book. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. How about you? Have you listened to any podcasts or anything this, this week? I, I'm very bad at like being able to listen to podcasts while I'm working. And Mm -hmm. because this week has been just pretty much just working. I, either tend, tend to listen to podcasts when I'm like falling asleep. So I like 15 minutes before I fall asleep, I just, I put the sleep t- uh, timer on and I listen to like 15 minutes and then, or when I'm driving, I'm trying to think, yes, I've listened to one. There's this new podcast called MetaLearn by mm-hmm. uh, a friend of mine, actually. I've, I've actually recently met him called Nasus, Nasus Papadopoulos. He's based in London. And yeah, the, the basically the, it, he explores the different like methods of learning in the in the 21st century and 
he has a lot of exciting guests, including David Prell, Tiago, hmm. and yeah, I think the way the way he runs the podcast and he asks the questions really is an example that I'm trying to follow as well. Yeah, I like that he asks a lot of good questions, a lot of deep questions based on the sort of the conversation, the way it's happening. Right. And just gets to the point. There is no, again, there is no additional fluff before or after. You just like turn it on, listen to it, and you're good to go. Do you think he's just natural at that? Or do you think it's just really comes down to preparation? That's interesting because he just recorded an episode summarizing learnings from recording 150 episodes. So he's done it for, what did he say? Like three years, I think. Right. And the, the latest episode is just that, which I'm actually writing about this in the, in the newsletter next week. But yeah, so he actually points out the fact that it takes a lot of preparation. I mean, you sure. don't need, like he was, he was saying that listening back to the first couple of episodes, they didn't sound as good as they, they are now. So, right. so you definitely change and get better over time. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's, so I was talking to him and I was asking for advice for our own podcast too. And like one of the questions I asked was how can you make it so that when you listen back to it in one or two years time, your future, future self is not going to, is not going to cringe as much. (laughs) (laughs) How can you make it less cringy for your future self? Basically, that was my question because everything I do, every creative work that I do or like non-creative. I mean, creative in a way that there is like an output that you can kind of evaluate either in the form of like illustration or writing. I just feel like, what was I thinking five years ago when I did that? I mean, probably there are situations that I'm like, this is pretty good, but this never happens that, I mean, it probably rarely happens that I actually like something that I used to do or what I used to wear. Maybe like I look at this, I'm like, did they actually wear this shirt? (laughs) (laughs) I wish I knew there was a five years ago, but I can't uh, help you there. I can't say, you, yeah, <laughs> definitely an interesting character. Did we talk about this? Because I was, I was reading a journal ent- entry from, I, oh, we didn't talk about it because I tweeted about mm. this earlier this week. Speaking of five years ago, I was reading a journal entry from, again, if you're watching a YouTube version of this, kind of showing the moleskin here. Mm-hmm. So nice. it's kind of like half full. Is that the Evernote moleskin? It is. It is. Did you ever use it to upload? I did not, but that's why I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) I I I had an Evernote account. What was? Can you can you share what the selling point is with this? Well, I think it allowed you to scan the page, and it would use OCR to transcribe like your notes into the Evernote database, and that's I I think that's what they claimed to do. Yeah, I, I never tried and I don't know if that's true, but I started writing in this from, so I was basically like dating every page from 26th, 7th of June, 2014. And then I just like opened it because I wanted to like start doing this again. I write in day one pretty much every day or just upload a photo from the day. So that's my kind of like digital journal. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so fascinating. Like handwriting alone. I went back and read like one of the entries. I forgot which one it was, but it was from 2014 because I was pretty much religiously writing every day. I'll show you like examples. Oh, yeah. So I'm like using all the stickers with the arrows. And one of them was like, I can't believe I wrote this. I forgot what the exact topic was. It was something to do with like personal growth and like just doing what you love. And I'm like, did I actually write this? I can't believe this was my my so this is actually a good example i i didn't cringe i was like wow good job you you haven't changed you're still the same person yeah (laughs) (laughs) you you also used to be pretty good thinking like about that topic because i i felt had you asked me without me reading about it i would have said oh like this this only has come to me over the last six months or last year i didn't know much about this six years ago but when i read it i'm like wow i i actually did know something about it I wish I could yeah. tell you what the topic was, but yeah. That's super interesting. Like it was sitting in your subconscious and just exactly sitting there. Like you've explored it once and you buried it and then you're able to like retrieve it. Precisely. Yeah. You know, I think Marina talked a little bit today about making, she had, she had the saying, and I think I've heard it before, but making your desired behavior, your normal behavior and 
you know, to your point about like, how can we make a podcast or how can you make any creative pursuit, you know, how can you level up enough that you're able to not cringe when you look back? And she kind of talked a lot about like how, think about who you want to be and aspire to do that every day. And that might be like surrounding yourself with the people that you want to hang out with, like look for what those characteristics might be of that person that you want to be and just start doing that. And maybe that's one way we can not cringe at this because we're aspiring to, you know, we have, we have peers and we have people we know who are doing this right now that are probably better than us. And, you know, I hope this isn't as good as I can get. (laughs) I think that's a very good point in terms of, I think it's important to like provide value for, for your community or for others around you, but at the same time, not being the smartest person in the room in the sense that like through your like circle, immediate circle for whatever you're doing, you're, you're also giving back, but you're learning and taking, taking away a lot from your conversations you're having with people. Yep. I think that's, that's really important. It is another thing with podcasting, especially is like you're, always having to practice being an active listener and Robbie Crabtree, who is a trial lawyer and teaches a performative speaking class talks a lot about this. And Marina actually brought this up today. And it's like, if you're, if someone's boring, you're actually not asking the right question. You know, everybody (laughs) has a story and everybody has interesting things to say, but you're maybe not pulling it out of them in the right way, which I thought was just super clever. I didn't go to this session today and I'm just making notes as you're, as you're talking, it's like <laughs> make your desired behavior, your yeah. normal behavior. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Having yeah, good that, stories for example. Yeah. The context of that last one was when, pe- when people are interviewing celebrities, like it, they find it very difficult. Journalists find it difficult because you only have an hour with a celebrity and the celebrity doesn't want to give you anything, you know? So you're, there's always this friction and this push and pull mm-hmm. and actually this maybe applies to our podcast or your, your podcast that you're doing right now is it's sometimes hard for people to like, if you have an hour with someone, it's sometimes hard for them to be vulnerable early on, but by Mm -hmm. active listening and being able to like maybe pull something from what they said early in the conversation and towards the end is maybe when you have the best opportunity to get something kind of like a gold nugget, you know, of wisdom, use something they've said, to bring it back forward towards the end and allow them to sort of like, I don't know, like respond to it. It could be about their environment. It might be something you noticed about, you know, the way that they were sitting or I'm going to sneeze now. (laughs) Bless you. (laughs) We're going to edit that one out, but uh, (laughs) probably not. But yeah, just the idea of like being able to actively listen, pick up on the subtleties of a conversation and use them later, I think is a great way at like breaking it down so that they can respond to something personal, you know, and you, and being a good interviewer is about, and I'm, I'm saying this as if I know, but I, I really don't, but like the idea is that you are picking up on the things that they're giving you. And then you can like use that against them later <laughs> in a positive way. <laughs> or like even the smallest things, right? Cause that's, like by paying attention to those smaller, finer details in a, in a conversation and just using them later on in the conversation through another question, mm-hmm. you, you're kind of making that conversation stand out from all the other conversations they're having. Right. Like and no one ever asked me that question. And I shared, I've shared this with so many other people, but no one has ever picked up on this specific aspect of what I just said. Yep. Yep. That's Absolutely. super valuable. I love that. I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna steal that. I'm gonna. Uh, but you're right about like actively listening because during the like hour or so, I am on the call with with the people. Or like even this call right now, mm-hmm. so like present. There is like I'm only like taking notes or like what I found actually I wasn't doing very well in one of the interviews was I would as the person is talking, I'm preparing to ask another question that is the result of what they just said, yep. and I don't write it down and I forget what I was gonna say. Yeah. So we have to edit that part out. And then I'm right. like, give me a second. What was the question? I had to think about what the question was. Then I come up with the question. So I started like, that's the only thing I do. I just write things down. But uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I think it's, it's a very good practice of, 
I mean, in, in the case of like interviewing people on a podcast, it helps you a lot to just get to know them by researching them, understanding mm-hmm. them a lot more deeply. And then having that conversation brings out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the being present, like even, even for us having this conversation, it's, it's something that I'm not great at. And it, I, I have to just intensely listen to what you're saying as a way to like respond. Cause it can't be you say something and I'm sitting here like, that's great, Reza. Like, great job. Yeah. <laughs> you, have really to have, you, have, yeah. you have to have something to say. You want it or not, you're yeah. stuck here now for yeah. another at least 10 minutes or actually, yeah, 10 or so minutes. But I had a question I was thinking about you earlier this week and I saw you were doing this uh, speaking workshop with Robbie and yeah. um, the rest of the people. I saw, I saw a screenshot on Twitter yeah. from the session and I was like, how does Nate manage to do all of this while having a full-time job. So on deck, the speaking yeah. class, just writing on your blog, writing your newsletter. Yeah. And probably so many other things that I don't know. Well, I, I think I gave away part of my secret last time, but it's getting up at 5.30 in the morning, three days a week to do some of my writing. And then um, catching the recorded classes during you know the downtime when I can. And the speaking stuff is happening at 5.30 and- Allergy season, eh? Try to mute that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that that's actually happening three days a week at five-ish. So it it's surprisingly spread out really well. I just can't waste time. And I hmm. can only keep this up for a short amount of time, but like I do believe the next eight weeks are, they're intense, but I'm making it happen somehow you know, but it keeps maybe me, like, a, I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, I, you know, I don't, maybe the, maybe you're like this too, but like being busy and being kind of creative in a, a mixture of ways allows me to like be interested and be present for the things that I'm doing. And so I don't know, like for me, it's, it's busyness, but like, it's enjoyable at the same time. So you don't feel the stress as you're doing those things. Like all of the things you have this, you have chosen to do in a way. Yeah. I mean, the only thing, you know, I'll take maybe a a mid afternoon nap for 20 minutes that really helps refresh, like just the the second half of my day coming into this podcast, I'll say like, I'm tired right now. And I'm, you know, in most days, like I, I wouldn't want to do something like this, but this energizes me in a weird way. Like it gets me like, kind of like, Oh yeah, I get to talk about just interesting things. And it, it, it refuels me in a, in a, in a way. So I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) Awesome. So I came across this really interesting piece of software today. Maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, but I was remembered. I remembered today about it. It's called Descript and it's kind of pertinent to us because it's a way of editing video and audio using text. It's, huh. it's I got it. so crazy. <laughs> so I uploaded as a, as an example, I took our video from last time and yeah. you import it into the software and it transcribes everything for you, everything. And instead of editing video, you go in and delete words and it cuts the video like perfectly. Such a great idea. And then let's say I wanted to take all the ums out. You could basically do apply all and take them all out. And it, if you wanted to add a word, it uses like your voice, it analyzes your voice and basically like, like you, you can add in words and it'll just speak it for you. So it's a little bit more difficult. Like I think when you have wow. a video component to it, but for an audio only, like it's, it's remarkable. It's, I wish I would have thought of this and built it. Like it's so it's really well designed too. That's interesting. Like the, the last piece that you, as you were describing that it actually adds in, it kind of finds your voice frequency, whatever that is. Yeah. The, the way of doing it, the technical way of doing it and then adds in extra words. That's, that's super interesting. So you, is it like, is it, is the use case mainly for like podcasts? Yeah. Podcasts, you know, whether you're doing a YouTube channel and you get kind of stuck in editing, like all these, like, let's say you have an entire just sentence you're basically editing a Google doc 
And then you have a video supplement. And so you just go in and like, oh, I want to clear away this whole paragraph that I said, and I can just delete that. And so it's less about like trying to find the exact time Mm -hmm. in in a timeline editor and like, you know, cutting that and slicing it and bringing it together. Like it's, it's actually a much more useful way of editing video. So I can see a lot of use cases, but a lot of them would be YouTube. That's a great, that's a great find. I'm definitely going to check it out after this because yeah, I've been looking at ways to ways to efficiently edit all the episodes I've been recording. I thought about outsourcing it, getting some extra help, but at the same time, it's probably not going to be very like cost friendly. Like in the long run, it's not going to be very right. scalable. Yeah. So uh, I would love to find a way to quickly do that. Yeah, I, uh, at least recommend checking this out. Very cool. Yeah, what else? What else you got going on this week? I, I just had a, very, a lot of good, very good conversations with, with some amazing people for the first time, a couple of them. And there were ones like you were saying that I wasn't like, I was tired. It was the end of the day. And I'm like, uh, like I can't like have another conversation. It's been such a long day. And I actually mm-hmm. like meet that person for the first time. And we end up having such a good conversation. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it was just so refreshing to, to have that. And and I felt grateful for the fact that right now I know there's a lot of like, uh, I mean, it's 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 been the most difficult year for a lot of for all of us. But mm-hmm. I think the silver lining in all of this is just having the opportunity to connect with like you and I are connecting right now. It's like ten fifteen here, seven fifteen over there. It's as if like you're here, right? I mean, yeah, it's different than being in person, but for sure. But it's just good opportunity to like suddenly expand your network from your immediate surroundings to much like to the entire world and this is this has been constantly on my mind over the last sort of six to eight months and something that i think i i continuously feel grateful for and all the people i've connected with some of them become like yourself become my really good friends mm-hmm. so this week was a good reflection or just a good manifestation of that again one one more time are you, are you getting out much? Like, are you going to restaurants and hanging out or like, I don't know what it's like in Toronto right now. Yeah. So you, so it was started off to the lockdown began and then everywhere was pretty much closed. The uh, sort of that we were talking maybe like four months ago and then, and then things started opening up during different phases, phase one, phase yeah. two, phase three. And I think every Canadian province have its, has its own um, sort of way of doing it, depending sure. on the number of cases. But for Ontario, where I am, Toronto, that was the case with different phases. And then for a while during the summer, it felt like you, w- you would go to certain restaurants or places and it feels like as though nothing has changed, nothing is different compared to like pre-COVID. Oh, so are you wearing masks right now? Pretty too? scary. Yeah, every, okay. everywhere you have to wear yeah. masks. Yeah, okay. indoor, indoor spaces. Yeah, but now I think things are again going back to like I guess phase two of, of lockdowns. They are not as strict as before. For example, like barbershops used to be closed back then, but now they're they're open. Sure. But certain certain places like gyms are still closed. Got it. If that description sounds pretty similar to what is happening at least in mm-hmm. LA, and to your point about like just connecting with people, I think this year, like you said it's like, I've been over indexing on building relationships online, which is strange because I've met more people this year than I have probably in any past year, which is really cool. Um, Because of the changes that have been happening. Well, the, the courses that I've been taking the, you know, feeling more open to be able to reach out to strangers online, you know, like there was a weird fear of doing that in the past, but now it's becoming like second nature Mm -hmm. and either complimenting work, you know, on people's whatever designs or writing, you know, reaching out and just kind of like saying, Hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. I think that's those things I felt like I didn't have to do before. And now I'm like, I have to do this. I have to compliment someone who's creating something that I like, you know, I have to tell them and it's just opening up more conversations but the physical contact is really starting to wear on me a little bit, just not being able to mm-hmm. be around people. And yeah, that's, that's just been on my mind as well. Are you like, do you have like a group of small, small group of friends that you meet up with at the moment or that's kind of like not happening? 
Yeah, a little bit, but it's, it's pretty, we have like two people that we see and that's about it. So, okay. and then, yeah, it's pretty Not as- rare that that happens only because, so my wife and I are pregnant. And so we are also having that to deal with, you know, and n- neither one of us can really get, you know, COVID and that's just complicates things even more. So yeah, that's a tough thing to kind of navigate. I actually had no idea. I was going to keep this until we stop recording and until you congrats, but congrats. <laughs> I had no idea. Is this, is this news or this has been in the works for a while? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's news just in terms of like, I haven't, it's like a slow drip, right? <laughs> it's like a you, you haven't slow like drip email campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, I have to like coworkers and stuff, but you know, it, I try not to bring it. I don't like to let it dominate the conversation, yeah. but I am so excited and scared That's at the awesome. same time. So yeah, appreciate that. That must be a great feeling. I mean, yeah, I can, I can only imagine what that can be like. Just I, I put myself in like mom, like future moms or dad's shoes. And like <laughs> when that, that happens, it's like, ooh, I'm, I'm bringing someone into this world. I always think about it in that way. Yeah. Which yeah. must be awesome. Cool. Yeah. So you're going to bring him or her to this podcast at some point, I'm guessing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll get <laughs> him or her editing. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. And yeah. then you said one more thing. We, getting close to the 50 minute yeah. mark. I want to wrap it up, but something about like reaching out to people as you find value in their work. Mm-hmm. Is that something you actively do? It's interesting for me. Cause like, I don't do that very actively. I, m- I may be like tweeting about them and like tagging them, but I don't reach out mm-hmm. and say, Hey, this was great. Do you do that? Like to every single thing that you, you consume? Not every single thing, but the things that stand out. So the, at least one of the, bigger names that I've done that to, I was Ryan holiday. And so Mm. I finished his book conspiracy. This was like maybe last year. And I just was so blown away by the book. Like I could, I read it so quickly, couldn't put it down. And it was one of like the best books of the year for me. So I sat it down and I just went to my computer and, and found his email and emailed him right away. And he responded within like three minutes. And we just had like a quick back and forth, but it just felt like how cool would it be for you to produce something and have just a random person email you and say, Hey, thanks. And I think that's when it clicked for me when I need to like tell people, because I think that's just important. You know, when you put something out into the world and someone says, thank you, I think that's that connection is, is just, I don't know. I think it's important to, to hear. So I've been trying to do that more with people, just even smaller, you know, with smaller audiences and let them know. And I feel like there's been a sort of a, a new up, like a, an upspring of, of creators who are trying to build in public right now. And they're actually doing a lot more of that. And I've been slowly being tapped into that, like small circle of people that I think is really important. And they're trying to just be supported and not like, it's so hard to build something in public. And and there's just a ton of insecurity around that. So I think letting those people know what they're doing is, is a a great way to kind of like break the ice. Yeah. I mean, it definitely does make sense to me for, I mean, it makes sense. All of it makes sense to me, but in terms of smaller creators who probably don't get as much love and they Mm -hmm. need that like recognition from those who are consuming their content or their creations. But to me, I would, I would probably think like Ryan holiday. I I love his work. I mean, Mm -hmm. I got introduced to stoicism through him. I would think that, oh, like he's probably so busy that he might not respond to to emails, but it wouldn't occur to me to want to email him and say thanks because I'm like, he's probably getting a lot of thanks from people like, who, like, who am I to do it? But yep. I think it's a, it's a very good reminder to just like, just do it. Like sometimes it gets picked up and leads to a good conversation or, or a back and forth. Oh, I've done right. it with Derek Sivers and because maybe like he actively said, I respond to every single email. So I thought, okay, maybe, maybe I should do this, yeah. but yeah, that's a good reminder for me. I'm going to, I'm going to remember that i even just like a small line thank you i enjoyed this part about the book i think they will appreciate it absolutely nice yeah nate this has been another great one i think coming into it without a plan i'm surprised how much we get to talk about it's true i i'm always a little nervous like right when we start because i'm not sure like who's too intimidating with my it's your shirt, shirts. and then the, the light that you know, like you're having me curate before we start. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, if, if you're not aware, these videos we are recording them and putting them yes. up on YouTube. So you got to be the mic on YouTube. <laughs> go see Reza and his 
<laughs> violent lighting with his, <laughs> I don't know. How would you describe your shirt? Reza? And if you, and Hawaiian, I think. Hawaiian? <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. that's, that's what I would go sure, for. We'll I'm, go not, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say which brand it is because <laughs> We're not, they're not sponsoring this video, so <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we're getting so many subscribers. But yeah, on, on the topic of YouTube, if you go there, make sure to subscribe. <laughs> I sound very unnatural saying that, having never dealt with YouTube before. I think to you get have to tell people to video. smash that button. <laughs> you have to tell people smash the like button. Is that what is that what they usually say? I don't smash know. I think the so. no, don't worry about liking. You don't have to like it. Just subscribe so you get notified about future videos. I've been watching a lot of videos for buying a camera here. So mm. I really appreciate what people do on This is another topic that we're going to open a can of worms, but I so appreciate these content creators, which we are one as well, but like people who like take the time to like the videos I watch to buy this microphone, it's got to be the mic mm -hmm. and the camera in front of me. It's just, I appreciate that so much. I mean, the only thing I can do is to subscribe and give them a like, or maybe in, in your case, actually writing them an email and say, Hey, this was great because yeah, you helped me save so much time, man, or lady. You know, after our Paul Jarvis conversation, like I sent him a video just thanking him. And, you know, that was another tech, like just as a way to close this, but like I was told by Cam Hauser, a friend of ours, to use hello videos or thank you videos as a way to kind of like open up the medium a little bit. So even instead of writing a video, just shooting a video and just saying, Hey, thanks. Kind of even goes a little bit, you know, a step further, which I think is sending an email in uh, sending a video in an email. Yeah. Nice. Hosting yeah. it on YouTube as like an unpublished video and then sending them that I think is, you know, also a clever way to maybe even stand out. I mean, there are a lot of companies, like there's a company in Canada called Vidyard that basically the whole business is that, but, for mm. selling purposes. So instead of emailing your potential customers, you send them a video, but they streamline that so much. Oh, sure. So you, you get notified when they open the video, how much of it they watched, which parts they liked more, which, so yeah, this is, this is, this, you can apply that to personal relationships, relationships too. That's true. So this was episode three of It's Gotta Be the Mic, and we'll be back with number four next week. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend and see you next week. See ya.